The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver, so ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman. Eight-year NFL vet. It's been a while, buddy. What's up? What's up, Ben? Um, yeah, we've been been a little busy. Yes. Um, yeah, like always, we got we both got tons of kids. So, um, yeah, like, luckily we were able to able to get this knocked out. Um, kind of had a had a busy week. We got all kinds of crap going on with with sports and everything else. But but nonetheless, here to talk some Ole Miss Ole Miss sports. So should be good. I think I think it's safe to say that my prediction that this baseball team will make Omaha. I think I think it's fa- safe to say now. It's it's over. It's done. Can you can, can we please make the intro to our podcast now that the the sound over of you saying this team is going to Omaha? Well, the best part oh about that God. is like everything about this team told you they would at least be competitive. I don't think anybody doubted that they would make the playoffs, that they would make the NCAA tournament, but now they might not even make the SEC tournament. Uh, dude, it is the wildest thing I have. Uh, I think I may have ever witnessed. Um, in my almost time. I mean, they are just snake bit dude. Tennessee came in and hit them so hard in the mouth. Like, like well, Tennessee 17 and one in the league though, bro. I don't care that Tennessee exposed them at a level. That I don't think they ever came back from. It's like, I think they got, they saw right then. Oh, wow. We're really not that good. And then it just kind of kept carrying over. And now it's like, they're not even that bad of a team. They're not a win. 
I mean, literally, they've been up in a lot of these games. Like, like it's it's four to one, bases loaded, one out. And I was talking to somebody about this earlier. In previous years, if a, if an Ole Miss baseball team is up four to one in the fifth or sixth inning with bases loaded, one out, it's seven to one, like or, or or whatever. They just don't have it this year. Like, it's just there's not clutch at all. I mean, it's I mean, every which way that that they could lose games, they're just losing them. And and it's something mentally, man. I don't I don't think this is a talent thing. Um, pitching isn't great, but I don't think it's, I mean, I don't think it's, it's, it's this bad. I mean, it's, it's, it's just bad, man. It's, it's a mindset thing at this point. We're barreling towards Mike Bianco being fired or Ole Miss and Mike Bianco mutually agreeing to part ways at the end of the year. That's where this is headed. Feels inevitable at this point. Yeah. I mean, what, where's the. What, what are we looking forward to here is the question, you know, and it's nothing against Mike personally. Mike's been on the, you know, he, he's turned this program around over the 22 years, but it's kind of like at some point, like, okay, what's next? Where's the excitement? We had a, a, an amazing offensive lineup supposedly returning that, that massively regressed. Um, we really didn't address the pitching like, um, like it was, but I mean, it's just, it's one of those things, man. I mean, it's, at some point it, that, that, that's a realistic outcome. You know, that's, that's kind of where we're headed there. And, um, it's unfortunate, but, um, you know, at, at some point, all good things come to an end. And, um, you know, I, I think we're headed there. We were supposed to do a mailbag last week. I asked for questions on the Ole Miss Spirit and Twitter on Monday. But Brad and I just couldn't figure out when to record because of obligations with T-ball, softball, <laughs> piano. It's just, it's been tough. It's been tough, but I'm looking at the questions. I'm not going to go look up Twitter questions because it'd be hard. It's been a week. But I'm looking at the Ole Miss Spirit questions. The first one came from Mississippi 1848 Rev, and it applies a week later. Ben slash Brad, does this weekend put the nail in the coffin for number five? They just lost again, so it kind of plays the same way. They're four and eighteen. Four and eighteen in their last twenty-two games or whatever it is against Mississippi State. And I've said this before, I fully believe that his flirtation, public flirtation with LSU last year was a fireable offense. Yeah, I I mean, man, I don't know how that what kind of message that sent to the team, whatever. But it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like this team's laying it all out there for their coach every week. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't look like like Ole Miss baseball of the past. I don't know. Man, you have a lot of regression up and down this um, this lineup that that is is mind blowing to me. So. Um, yeah, it's hard to tell, but man, I just something ain't right. I mean, every now and you can see it. This looks this looks much different than any team we've ever had. The pitching's bad, but the offense really has been a letdown. And they've been good numbers wise. They've been good enough, but you needed them to be Tennessee Tech coming into Oxford and beating ass good. They don't manufacture runs, Ben. Uh-huh. They, they it's a home runner run bus. Yep, it's the oddest baseball I've ever seen. Like like. They're a true three outcome offense. Yeah, Walks, every home run, yeah. singles. Every, I mean, it's just it's just crazy, man. It's like it's like all home runs or nothing. I mean, I've never. I mean, there's no. I don't understand the approach there. I don't know. I mean, it's it, it just it just looks. I mean, everybody that's followed almost baseball as closely as I have, and as close as most people have. I mean, it is. It just looks different. It feels different. There's something that's just oddly missing. This well, it's so funny. Is like you're the. Like, you're the most sympathetic to Ole Miss baseball's play. What do I mean by that? On Thursday night, Friday night, whenever the first game was, Brad sends me a text. And you were in the stands. You were so fired up. You said it was an incredible crowd. 
You were back. You were just pouring the Kool-Aid down your throat. And a couple days later, and I said this to you that night, and I've said this to you over and over again. It's the abusive relationship where you keep coming back saying, oh no, I've changed him. It's going to be different this time. And what happened? <laughs> you got your hopes up again. You got excited. And they crushed you. Losing to State because that's that what was, they do. They do not beat State in baseball. They don't. That was um, that was 10 innings of about as good as ball as as I've watched in a while. I mean, then after that, I mean, just, oh, man. Yeah, I mean, the, the first inning of the second game was great, and the first nine innings of the first, I mean, it was, you know, it's like, okay, here we go. Let's let's get a series win. You know, let's let's somewhat turn around. I'm just looking for postseason at this point, um, which is crazy to think about. And, you know, I think that pretty much went out the window this weekend. Oh, and now, and now you work up and you're heading to Arkansas. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. They're bad. They're bad. I didn't think that, okay, when I said they were going to Omaha, did I really believe in my heart of hearts they were going to Omaha? Of course not. Because yes, because you and everybody else in the nation did because they were ranked first for a reason. Like people thought was expecting this team to be better. We are not the only ones. But were we, were we really more, though, putting it out into the universe, like willing it to happen? Because, no, you know, the numbers, the math has been the same for 22 years. Yeah, I know. I know. Every baseball poll in America had them at number one. Everybody thought they were, they are supposed to be better than this. They are supposed to be much better than this. At this point, you returned your entire all. They were number one in the country. Guys that batted in the mid threes from one through seven, and you have yeah. guys that are barely cracking two fifty now. It's either home run or miss. It, they have regressed at a level that is this this terrible. And you know what's so I mean, sad too is, is that Jacob Gonzalez has been absolutely crushing it out there. He's been so good, and it's forgotten because this team is so bad. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a I man. I don't know. I mean, you sound defeated. It. You sound so defeated. Defeat, dude. I I've honestly been defeated since that Tennessee game. When I walked out of there, I was like, man, we are we you get like BA used Bruce Aaron to say you either get exposure or get exposed, and we got exposed. I mean, we got we <laughs> we got our pants ripped. I mean, it was it was bad. It was bad that weekend. It really just hadn't. You I mean, weren't really fatalistic after that series. Like it, it was a pretty bad wake up call for you. When that happened, yeah. I remember before we ever talked on a podcast or anything like that about that series. You called me or texted me or something like, "Yeah, this is this is concerning. This is uh, this wasn't just a regular ass whipping." I'm I'm like borderline depressed this spring because it's like. <laughs> I have not. I mean, like, oh, like, I look forward. I look forward to like. I mean, and almost a lot of those fans are like this. I look forward to like a fun June. Like, you know, what I mean, like, yeah. hey, here we go. Like, well, fun is subjective. Fun is subjective because it's not fun to always lose in the th- lose in the third game of a super. But damn it, it's always nice to know. Okay, here we go. It's going to be different this time. Okay, does it? <laughs> does it end in heartbreak? Relationship. Yes. Yes. It ends in heartbreak. But damn it, it's nice to know. Okay, here's the regional bracket. Here's where we could be going. Okay, am I going to take a trip if we go here? Like, dude, we don't need, dude, we may not even make the SEC tournament. I know. Ole Miss told you out. again that you, Brad, We're were pretty. The top 12 teams yes, in the SEC. Right. I know. Ole Miss told but, you you were pretty. They told you again you're pretty, Brad. It's uh, good. Just come back. It's fine this time. And what'd, you, what'd they do? They shit all over your chest. And I can't, and, and here's the thing like, I know this, and I still. Come back. Carved out two nights this weekend to go out and watch them. Like, it just, I can't, I can't, I can't picture us being bad, but we're bad. 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 Six and 12 in the SEC. Oof. 
What do you need Oof. to do? Go nine and three of your final twelve to make the NCAA tournament? Eight and four, seven and five. I don't know. Who do they play? They got LSU, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. Oh boy! Yeah, where does eight, who, nine, seven wins come out of that? Who is worse than them? Who's worse than the SEC? I mean, is there uh, I don't Missouri, think Missouri, Missouri, Kentucky, maybe South Carolina? Isn't any good, but they did beat Ole Miss. Yeah, oh, Florida's man. also six and twelve. You know what? You know it's going to be the best thing is when we do make the SEC tournament and we end up playing Tennessee first round. That's what's going to be great. No, what's going to be the best <laughs> is when they actually squeak into the SEC tournament, then do the thing that Ole Miss does and win the SEC tournament, then go to the postseason and not have postseason success, and it's the exact same conversation all over again, like it is every single year with Mike Bianco. Yeah, that'll be fun. With Jackson Kemper, will be starting that championship game if we get there. That'll be great. Ugh. What happened to Jackson Kimbrell? <laughs> he was one of the top arms out of the bullpen last year. You know, he actually, he actually did okay in his time this weekend. I okay. mean, he threw, he, he got in there and pitched, uh, I think he got a, a one, two, three inning and maybe one out in the next inning and then got, and then hit a guy and got pulled out, but he was okay. I mean, uh, dude, state, that was not a good state team. They weren't. That's that pitching staff was there. That, that well, team was, I, I bring was up Jackson Kimbrell because as someone who has not watched or covered every single game, like I did for the last four or five years, I look at Jackson Kimbrell and I look at the record and the usage of Jackson Kimbrell, and I wonder, all right, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. And you keep, I mean, it doesn't matter if you start so-and-so on Friday and so-and-so on Saturday and so-and-so on Sunday, and then the next weekend, okay, well, now so-and-so is on Sunday instead of Saturday, just moving the pieces around, reshuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic. Try some other things. Why not Jackson Kimbrell? Or guys like that. If it's not working, what's the harm? Is, if the result's still going to be the same, that you're going to lose series, at least mix it up a little bit. Try something. I mean, defensively, they're bad. And that's another thing that's yeah. killed them all year. And Jacob Gonzalez at the next level is a third baseman. Justin mentioned your best defensive shortstop. I, I don't know. I just think that there's, there's some things you could at least try. And I'm not saying it would work. Probably wouldn't work. This team just isn't any good. But you get like, why would you go down doing the same things over and over and over if they're not working and you're barreling towards the inevitable, which is a coaching change, probably to Dan McDonald at worst, Cliff Godwin. If you're barreling towards that, if you're Mike Bianco and you can see that, why do you continue to try to? Why do you continue to fire the same bullets? That makes no sense to me. Yeah, I'd agree, man. I mean, at this point, it's like, I mean, yeah, just what try something. Try something. Just something. Try something. You're right. Yeah, you're right. But he won't. And they'll lose. Let's see some other questions. Because we didn't get to do the mailbag because it's my fault. I always, like, speak for Brad without actually checking in with him. I say, oh, yeah, me and Brad are recording tonight or tomorrow. And then it's Thursday. I'm like, oh, crap. Me and Brad have not recorded. Let's see. Here's one forward rebel. How would you grade Keith Carter's job performance by sport in his tenure? Football, men's basketball, baseball, women's basketball, softball. There's a you lot know, of talk think, about that, a lot of chatter about Keith Carter. Because yeah. Lane Kiffin was obviously a great hire and he's been great for football. But people are starting to sour on some other decisions by Keith. And I don't know if I agree with it necessarily. Well, here's the thing, though. He nailed, he nailed the most important thing, that's football. He nailed yes. it in a big way. So 
he's going to get the pass on the other sports regardless as long as he doesn't let him sit too long. Um, you know, he's, he's at a turning point with the two, with the basketball and baseball coach. We'll see what happens there. Um, you know, that's also not the easiest spot to be put in for him too. I mean, this guy's been 22 years. Um, you know, it, it's, it sounds good on paper. Hey, good. Go ahead and fire him, whatever you get him. But there's also like, a, you know, this is not as easy as, as people make it out to be there. Um, you know, so we'll see over there as long as this football hire is what it is. I mean, that's, I mean, that's where all the money is. That's what everything, that's what really counts, honestly, in, 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 in sports or in college sports, in my opinion. But yeah, he does have some tough decisions coming up with basketball and baseball. I'm rooting for, I'm rooting for Kermit, man. I, I mean, I obviously like the guy a lot. Um, we'll see what happens this year, but you know, you just it just it just doesn't look good for on that front. So we'll see. Well, it's much more complicated than just saying Kermit and Ole Miss basketball with thirteen and nineteen this year. Fire him, get rid of him, move on. Because when you actually look at Ole Miss basketball as a program, the lack of commitment there is from fans, and I'm not knocking it, like what you like, but when you look at that and you consider what the coaching carousel was like this year in college basketball. Florida came open, Georgia came open, a bunch of jobs that are objectively better than Ole Miss, even Georgia, which has terrible basketball history. It's still a better job than Ole Miss. Mike White could have had Ole Miss at any point, in my opinion, and yet he's going to Georgia. And that's Mike White, your former point guard. I think it's on the athletics director, and it's pretty obvious to say this, but to be forward-looking, to consider the landscape of the hiring or the hiring landscape, to consider the hiring landscape when you have the Ole Miss basketball job. So I wouldn't grade it. Like some people would say, you didn't fire Kermit. He's been terrible. You get an F. I wouldn't do that. Considering what Ole Miss basketball is, I wouldn't give him an A, but I wouldn't give him an F. Probably be like a C plus because it's complicated with basketball. With baseball, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I have nothing personal against Mike Bianco. I like Mike Bianco fine. I thought publicly flirting with LSU was a fireable offense. If nothing else, it was an easy out for both parties to say, hey, we're mutually agreeing to part ways. It's been a great ride. Mike sits for a year. You don't hear from him. Then he resurfaces at another great job somewhere. Instead, it was this last final season here, it looks like. And it might not happen. There's always the chance that Keith doesn't make a move. I think he's going to, and if he does, Dan McDonald will be his first call. And uh, Cliff Godwin, if it gets to Cliff Godwin, Cliff will take the job and it's over. I don't think it'll take long. I think it'll take like a day. So while you're barreling towards this, it's still made for a very awkward end when it was a much cleaner end, even if it wouldn't have been perfectly clean. It'd been a little bit dirty because he flirted with LSU publicly. But it'll have been a lot cleaner break than what it is right now. Because this is just a slow walk to, to the guillotine. This is Dude, terrible. Go make, go make Tennessee's coach the house pay coach in baseball and let's go. Patello would never come here. They've oh, given yeah, he him everything. Oh, no, he wouldn't. They've given him <laughs> unprecedented <laughs> control. If Ole Miss yeah. is given Lane Kiffin unprecedented freedom and control, it's the same thing with Patello and Tennessee baseball. Right. Money talks. I agree, but that Tennessee is willing to pay more. And they don't have the same kind of scholarship restrictions that Ole Miss has. I think it would be Dan McDonald. I think Dan well, I thought Dan McDonald, I know it. Dan McDonald would have taken the job last summer. Didn't they have like some COVID issues at Louisville that upset? Well, that him or that upset like that. that was part of it, but I think it's 
it used to be a big thing that everybody talked about how Dan being a uh, coach from the Mike Bianco coaching tree, that Dan would never come to Ole Miss. Out of respect for Mike, he would never come to Ole Miss if Ole Miss fired Mike. And that was true for a little while. Now, with the passage of time, everything changes. And I think that Dan would take the job if offered. I really do. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't he want to get back in the SEC? Where, I mean, Louisville baseball is... And Ole Miss I mean, is, is his program. You know, it's it's... Well, not his. It's Mike's program, but you, you get what I'm saying. Like he's part. He knows Ole Miss baseball. He knows this job. Yeah, yeah. It just feels like it's time. It really does. It, it's just unfortunate that it's going out like this because, like, this is the most cynical way for it to to go out for it to end. And again, maybe it doesn't end. It just looks like we're barreling toward the inevitable. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm with you there, man. I just can't believe that this is the team. I said this to you before, that uh, team that Andy Kennedy, his last team, I was shocked that that was the team that did him in. I'm kind of shocked that this was the team that did him in. I'd I'd have been less surprised if 2014 would have done him in, and they went to Omaha that year. This team just did not seem like it would be a 6-12 team after 18 league games. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you, man. You had the exact same lineup. Mm -hmm. Really, so... Really, the only significant guy you lost because you lost Gunner for most of the year, not most of the year, but a good portion of the year last year. Doug Nikhazy. I mean, was Doug that, that, I guess he was that good. He, he was that good. Games. That's a generational guy. 10 games better at this point, though. I mean, like, I don't understand. I mean, he, don't, he wasn't hitting for us last year, too. So, like, that's what I don't understand, man. This team regressed. I would have thought, hey, maybe you're five games worse, you know, five, six games worse, but. Um, no, this team is, is significantly worse with the, essentially the same guys, man. Well, the big knock was they didn't have starting pitching. Not enough starting pitching, but they had plenty of bullpen arms. It's everything we thought. We're told. They don't have any, yeah. they don't have nearly enough arms. And, and no, I kind of get it. Like a lot of people have been latching on to what Austin Anderson, former Ole Miss baseball player, has been critical of this baseball team, very publicly critical of this baseball team on Twitter. And I'm trying to get him to come on the podcast. I'm still working on that. Because a lot of people have gone, hey, Ben, get Austin on the podcast on Twitter. Yes. I'm working on it. I'm doing the best I can. I I'll can't make the guy. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get him on here. I'll get him on here. Oh, you're friends with him? Yeah, I know Austin pretty well. He's um, well, boom. Yeah, he's good friend. He's good friends with my sister-in-law. We'll actually get him on here. I think on paper, you look at you look at some some key spots that kind of made us, I think, maybe a little worse than what what we expected to be. You look at Gaddis and Washburn; those were complete misses. I mean, they, they had to be good. They, or at least one of them had to be yeah, really they, good. Or, they had to be really. They had to be solid starters, and neither are or an SEC arm. They're just not um they're they're maybe okay relievers, but you know, neither one of those guys being high end starters, um, you know, that killed you. And then Diamond, you know, obviously Diamond just has been the same the same essentially, you know, for the last three years. Just I mean, literally just average. So, you know, you you kinda got some misses in there. I think Elliot and Maddox in the future are gonna be pretty good players. Um, but it's just not enough there on, on paper that they, they looked okay. I was like, okay, I think we got enough to be solid. We picked up, you know, two kids that you know, should come in and be solid starters for us. And they just didn't happen. You know, that, that, that kind of miss can be detrimental. I mean, it can be five to 10 games worse. And that's about what, what we're looking at here. Are we officially saying goodbye to Ole Miss baseball in 2022? Are we officially Sarah McLaughlin-ing? Ole Miss baseball in 2022. I will remember you. You know, it's going to kill me, but yeah, I think that 
Well, oh I, I no, they've lost Brad officially. No, they haven't lost me officially. I, I just if there's a funner date night, I would probably choose that at this point. But I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna go back though. I'm gonna go back and hang with her and let her. You know, I'm gonna get back in this abusive relationship. I'm sure a few times this year. Um, because I mean, it's still, I still love the environment. I still love the games. Um, but if I support. offered to bring steaks, buy the steaks, bring Spider-Man no way home over to your house, cook for you and the wife. I'll bring Emily. We'll just sit around and watch wine and let me explain Spider-Man no way home. Would you rather do that right now or watch Ole Miss baseball? Knowing how much I'm knowing that me knowing that you hate comic book stuff. Would you rather do that more right now or well, watch Ole Miss baseball? I'll, I'd probably at that point just use you as a sitter because my son would love that. My son would love uh, <laughs> my son would love for you to cook for him and explain Spider Man. Then me and my wife would kind of slide out and let you let you explain I that. I think I think Emily would slide out with you, man. <laughs> guys? Guys? No. They're gone. Yep, out of yeah, here. They're gone. Maybe they turn around. I don't know. But I will say there were some things that happened in that Grove Bowl on Saturday. That are more fun to talk about than Ole Miss Baseball. So, to start it off, let's do Brad's big thing. We're going three. One, two, three. Let's go. Brad's big thing. All right, Brad, what's your one big thing from the Grove Bowl on Saturday? Did you go? Yeah, I went. I went and I watched um, watched majority of the game. Um, I will say this. I focused on offense pretty heavily to, um, you know, cause that's obviously everyone to start. I know everybody would kind of be watching quarterback battle and on defense, there's just guys everywhere on both sides did not follow defense as much, but, I, but I, just from a defense perspective, I thought that, you know, we look solid. I like the scheme we're running. Um, you know, I think we have a, a good rotation on D line. I think just all in all, uh, we'll see how linebacker looks all in all. I think the defense is just going to be, you know, decent. I mean, decently average, um, you know, not, not world beaters, but I think we're going to be solid. You know, we, we didn't, wasn't a whole lot of busted plays, what I thought was cool um, on that side of the ball. I thought they were pretty sound on D, which shows you know that the staff is is um, you know picked it right where it left off and, and going to be solid. So I felt okay about defense. I have to see that a little more. But going to offense, obviously you got the quarterback battle there. Um, I know people are freaking out about Dart over a scrimmage in a spring game, and you know comparing all these quarterbacks. Man, it's just hard. It's way too early, man. And I will say this though. Um, Luke, what you got going on is Dart. Dart is a mega talent. I mean, he he, he is seriously can sling it, run it. Um, you know, very very talented looking looking player. But he has got to play the position. Like he's way too um, too all over the place. But he almost reminds me of Crowell when he was real real young. Um, he's just got to relax and play the position. He's trying to make too much stuff happen at once, and um, it just looks bad. But I think overall, from a talent standpoint, it's shit is eye popping. Some of the throws he makes, whenever he's actually sits back there and does it right, he can run. He's going to be a really good player, but it's going to be up to him to settle down and play the position and start playing with more of a quarterback mentality. I mean, he just he looks very spastic out there. Whereas Altmaier, where he he does not have the eye popping talent, he does not have the it factor about him whatsoever. He literally, I mean, looks uh, he does not look. Like he has the it, but what he's doing out there is he's essentially forcing dart darts all over the place while he's just playing. Hey, I'm just pitching and catching. I'm taking what they give me. I'm gonna let him beat himself out while I'm, you know, Mister Mister Johnny Checkdown. So I don't, I don't think uh, that's fair. I don't think he's just no, letting Jackson dart. Like I don't think the strategy is let's let Jackson dart implode here and I'll just slip in and grab the job. He's winning the job right now. 
Uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't see anything that says, Hey, this is our, this is our future quarterback. I mean, I'm not saying that's what he's, he's not out there. Hey, let dart, but he's also not out there, you know, throwing the ball down the field, taking all kinds of chances, um, either. So, um, I, I mean, I, I just think from a talent, uh, from a, from a sheer talent standpoint, you, if dart doesn't end up being the quarterback, I mean, it, it's going to be on dart. It's going to be because he, he beat himself out like or he, he wouldn't settle down and play the position the way it's supposed to be played. And, and got a little bit too reckless. Um, yeah, that that's that's just my opinion on it. So kind of silly, um, Luke Short though. Don't you think he's got some talent to him? No, I think he's got talent to him, but but it, I, I don't see I don't see that like super. It, like I I just don't see it. Like honestly, I don't see the 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 just uh, is is Luke Altmaier going to run out there versus Alabama and and be able to to take us down the field? I don't know. Still, I, I don't. I don't. It. Yeah, Stetson Bennett's playing with forty five. Sure, to 55, but Luke so. Altmaier is a better talent than Stetson Bennett. But Luke, Luke Altmaier is not surrounded by anything close to what Stetson right, Bennett has Right, but he's around. a better, more talented version of that if you're talking about game management and, and stuff like that. If that's what he's doing, Mr. Yeah, Checkdown is what he, you said. He's a, better, he's a better version of that. So, like, he doesn't have the weapons that a Stetson Bennett has. I'm playing devil's advocate yeah. here. But he's a better yeah, version no, of Stetson. Stetson so, can that, that win that with Ole Miss? doesn't apply. That automatically doesn't apply. If Stetson Bennett is surrounded by uh, literally 15 to 20 NFL guys – Whereas, you know, Luke is even so, so the, then it automatically cancels out right there. He can't. I mean, yeah, could Luke Altmaier go play quarterback for Georgia? Of course, he could play quarterback for Alabama as well and probably do fine. You know, they you, you, they plugged in guys on those teams for the last ten years that have won national title after national Heisman after Heisman. And I don't, you know, I don't right, know let's, what. Let's they're, do it like this. Let's be fair. Make the case. Be the lawyer for Luke Altmaier. Why you think Luke Altmaier should be the head? Co- no, the head coach. Jesus. Why do you think Luke Altmaier would be the quarterback? Should be the quarterback for Ole Miss. Well, I think he, he what he's going to do is he. I think he's going to give you a. Right now, he's going to give you the best chance to win because he's going to be safer with the ball. So if if I'm a coach, I'm saying, hey, you know, how can I, how can I go into a game, and assure that I'm not going to have to, you know, play, you know, play without, you know, the turnover ratio being four to nothing the other team, you know, so. Right now, he looks to know the offense really well. He's, you know, he he makes the throws necessary to to drive the team. What I don't see is like that. Okay, here's the the unbelievable playmaking ability. Whenever it it, it plays break down, I just don't think that's, you know, I don't think that's going to be his game. So, but if you want a quarterback that's going to kind of think, you know, make the right reads, do do the right things as coach do, I think I think right now it looks like him. I mean, in, in the um, you know, if if you watch from the scrimmage, all right. Now you're the lawyer for Jackson Dart. You're trying to persuade the judge to choose Jackson Dart. What's the case when he wasn't particularly inspiring in spring football practices? Okay, is it fair? Is it fair to judge a guy who just uprooted his life from Southern California to Mississippi, whole new team, new offense? You know, are we going to judge him off of spring where he had? He's out there in spring practice with two O line, you know, whatever. They're not all all together, you know. It is this spring is probably gonna be good for him to see. Hey, like, I know what I need to fix. I know what I need to learn in the offense. Um, I have this mega talent. You know, I have some coaching tape for Lane to, to sit down and work with me. Is Lane this good of a quarterback developer? I think he is. So, um, you know, the talent's obviously there. It's it's as good. His arms as good as we've had here. He runs good. He has everything good. Can we settle this kid down and make him? And, and you know, basically let his talent blossom and become the quarterback that he can. 
Um, I think you can. I think if you look at guys that you say, hey, which one of these guys can I roll out there versus Alabama, LSU versus Auburn? And he looks the part to be able to move around and actually make big time throws, you know, run away from the defense. I think it's him. I think it's Jackson Dart. But he has to he has to play the position within the offense. He can't go crazy and, and, and do all this extra stuff trying to make, you know, every throw can't be a, a prayer, um, you know, down the field. So that's that's what I'm seeing right now. I think he's pressing a little bit. Sis Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, rate review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. This podcast can be found wherever you get your podcast. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Talk of Champions is brought to you by Thomas Chandler, who specializes in retirement investment planning for mutual funds to employee benefits. Give Thomas a call today at 662 296 0186 the 662-296-0186 and start taking control of your future today with Thomas Chandler. Let's hear now from Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, another proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Ah, it's springtime in Oxford again. Who doesn't love springtime in Oxford? Flowers bloom and the square is popping. Ole Miss baseball, a little Ole Miss spring football. It's honestly one of the best times of the year, so why not enjoy it? See all the beauty that Oxford has to offer in a brand new car, truck, or Jeep. Well, if you're in the market, the only place to go, Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates them from every other dealership in Oxford, Mississippi, as Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now, this is the only place to go. And when you go, ask for Brian or Mason. Tell them Talk of Champions sent you. And take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides by contacting them at 662 662- Two three four eight thousand. That's six six two two three four eight thousand. Twenty two zero one East University Avenue in Oxford, Mississippi. Alan Samuels, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. The signs of summer are here: freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss, anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head. And PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. It's concert season. And concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. 
Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Luke Altmaier, 9 for 22, 182 yards, no touchdowns or interceptions. 5 for 72 rushing, two touchdowns. Jackson Dart, 11 for 30, 166 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions, 14 carries for 63 rushing yards. So you're not worried about Jackson Dart. A lot of people are. No, I'm, I'm not. It's, it's too early to worry, man. I mean, it's, it's spring football. He was out there with, with with not the first unit O line. He was, I mean, if you, I think that I think there's a lot of talent out there, and you just can't judge off of a, off a spring scrimmage. You just can't. There's there's no way. Um, you know, he couldn't be sacked. He couldn't. I mean, there's just a lot of stuff that's, it's just hard to judge. Now, now you you see the talent. You see when he's when he's when he's relaxed, sits back in the pocket, look great throwing. And, I, and trust me, I'm the one that's usually critical. You know me. Like if I thought he was bad, I would say it, and I wouldn't care. Just like I've, I've been on on the Ole Miss running backs from the year before for for three two years and people still don't believe me to this day i guess he's going first round but um <laughs> i would be critical but i think that he needs more i think you're going to see more time in the fall now we start watching some fall scrimmages and things haven't changed then i'll then i'll tell you like hey you know maybe he's just too much of a gunslinger maybe he needs to settle down but um i don't know what people thought we were getting now i knew he was a mega talent you know was really good, but he still was a freshman last year like he's not like he's some mature you know three you know grad transfer he's still a young kid himself so um that then that's why i said hey you know i think this year is going to be solid but there's still a lot of stuff that needs to be worked out whereas i can see this year being one of those six seven eight eight win teams and like hey okay we have a lot of talent um you know all these guys are coming back then then the following year being a really high expectation good year but i think this year man there's there's a lot of good looking stuff out there on the field a lot of good looking pieces but you know, getting them to jail, you know, this year and then going back 10, 11 wins is not a realistic realistic expectation in my mind. Now, you know what a hot take is, don't you? You can't say, hey, yeah. I think Jackson Dart's going to be a great quarterback. That's not a hot take. Here's a hot take for you. Ole Miss improved at running back on every level. Not even close. This running back room is way, way, better. way more. I mean, dude, and I'm going to tell you right now, the SMU kid is going – if He's what Henry Parrish wanted to be. If used correctly this year, the SMU kid will make some massive plays for us. When he and I and I saw it right away. As soon as Jackson Darter, one of the quarterbacks, rolled out, hit him out in the swing pass, kind of out to the right a little bit. He sticks his foot in the ground, runs all the way across the field, and outruns like two DBs with the head angle on him. Dude's got some real burners. That's a massive pickup for us. Evans looked just like I thought he would. Kind of hit it downhill. Bullock actually looked really good to me too. I mean, I'm that's why you, I say guys, they're better at every level. Judkins, yeah, Judkins is literally he's he's Snoop Connor, but probably year year in advance. Judkins and Kentrell are effectively combining to take over Snoop's role, and together they're as good, if not better. Ulysses Bentley is a better version of Henry Parrish, and Zach Evans is better than Jerry Lee ever was. And I'm not knocking Jerry on a good player. You never loved him. 
no. Yeah, he, I think this running back room is is better, and I know that's been um, that's been said by by a coach or, or two for sure. Okay. Here's a hot take for you, JJ Henry of the current wide receivers on campus. JJ Henry, in my opinion, is leading the way as far as contributors for next year. Until Deion Smith, Malik Malik Heath, potentially Jalen Robinson get on campus in the summer. J.J. Henry is the wide receiver I'm most high on after the spring. Yeah, he made a big catch in the spring game. It was really impressive. Moves well. There's a lot of talent in that room, but there's just, I mean, I, I don't feel like there's like a guy. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a lot of guys that are just similar. We need like somebody to stand out. And I didn't get to see Knox this spring. I heard he's pretty impressive, um, you know, the way he moves. Um, you know, I think Deion Smith and Emily Heath will come in and make that room much better. But Man, it just—it just seems like there's a whole lot of just like, just guys. You know what I mean? Like, like I want to see like who's who's gonna be that guy that that looks the part, stands out, makes the routes. You know, kind of. You can tell, hey, he's he's one of our better receivers. I just everybody just looks the same in that room, which is, which is crazy. And, and opposed to when you look out there and you see Trig at tight end, dude, you look at him, he goes, oh man, you, he looks the part. He's standing. I, I would I text you during during the scrimmage. I said Trig has a chance to be a top three round pick. If That's a hot take. Yeah, no doubt. If you look at the way he runs his routes, what he looks like on the hoof, um, you know, his catching ability, dude, he could be really good. I'm not saying that's what he is right now today, but I'm saying for being such a young kid, man, two years from now, he could be a big, big time tight end. I think he's going to have a big year for us anyways, but he looks that part. That's what I want to see at wide receiver. Who is going to look the part and look like, okay, yeah, that's a dude. You know what I mean? Trig, when he lines up, you say, hey, that's a dude. That I mean, he just looks the part. So we got to get that at wide receiver some kind of way. Right now we have a bunch of guys. You've used that quite a lot on this podcast before, and he sent it to me on Saturday watching the scrimmage. All Jags, just a guy. Jags about the Ole Miss wide receivers. And I say it right now. There isn't a dude, dude. There isn't Laquan, yeah. but who's Laquan in college? There isn't AJ, but here's the thing. They don't have to be any of those guys. I don't even see – you knew Braylon and or Dontario were going to be top two options. You don't know who the top two options are right now. Yeah, not at all, man. Um, I'm hoping some of these guys step up um, and get there. You know, some of them look good on the hoof. I mean, you got the Braylon Brown guy. I think it was wearing 88. Um, Buck Halter made a catch. You know, you got a lot of guys. You just want to see who's going to step up and be that – that reliable target that 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 runs the right routes, you know, kind of can can get away from guys. I mean, <clears throat> that was another thing, man. Dart was throwing some decent deep balls, but shit, there was no separation at all mm-hmm. on some of those. Like like who can burn? I mean, who can get out and burn guys? Like who can get out and get open? I mean, there's a lot of a lot of guys stuck to coverage. So um, yeah, I mean that's we got we got we got to get better at that position. Say what you want to about Braylon Sanders, but like Braylon, he could never stay healthy, but when he was on the field, he could run by guys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Braylon's Braylon's got some some burners, man. Is he going undrafted this week? You know, if he got drafted, he'd be very late. Uh, maybe somebody that would be looking for a certain type of receiver with a certain type of talent. I'm kind of a downfield downfield guy. Um, you know, once you get past those first three or four rounds, it's like all projectability guys. Like, hey, he does a certain thing that I really like. I probably could take that and insert it in my offense, or insert it in this certain you know package of plays and and probably get some production out of him. Well, if after the top three rounds it's all about projection, then that doesn't that bode well for Jerion because projection still is kind of what he what all he is. Um, 
I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, 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 none of the numbers were really, really eye popping. There's nothing he did that was exceptional, you know, in his testing. There's nothing he really did on the field that was exceptional. Like, like, hey, this guy, you know, you would hope like an Ely. For me, this is what this was my hope for Ely. Uh-huh. My hope for Ely was like, okay, his film was okay. Um, this past year, it wasn't really crazy eye popping film. Hey, he ran a four three. He or, or, or hey, his his um vertical his was elder, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, something in there was just like okay. Yeah, there it is. We'll, we'll get it out of them. Don't worry. But it was everything was just like pretty average along the you know the running back chain. Size was a little small, so I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens. Somebody may love him. I mean, I'm not saying that, that he couldn't go drafted. I just think that you know he probably should be at Ole Miss right now. I mean, there's a lot of these guys should probably still be at be at Ole Miss. But if he was one of or maybe both of Zach Evans and Ulysses Bentley, wouldn't be here. Maybe, maybe. Would so, you make but, the um, trade of Jerion yeah. Ely and Snoop Connor? I, I would not trade our running back. I, I like our current running back situation now. I agree. But I mean, because you're the younger guys, and they're. I, mean, I think they're better. They look, I think they're more talented. I'll man, just say I, it. I, I agree. Here's the hottest take I'll have: the Ole Miss defensive line is going to be better than last year, even without Sam Williams. There's more depth for sure. And they're so that um, doesn't sound completely ridiculous. No, it doesn't. And I, I got, I actually, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, either, either they're a little better than we think, or our O line is, um, still got some work to do because there was a lot of pressure for, for Luke and, um, and Dart. Um, you know, there was, they were winning some one on ones, um, versus our line. So, um, yeah, either they're a little better than we think, or, or our line has still got some work to do. So, um, yeah, I mean, our, our D line was definitely made their presence. But it wasn't – they weren't – those quarterbacks were not sitting back there cooking steaks, I can tell you that. Who is blowing you up? You're getting texted like crazy. No, I think it's my charger, dude. Okay, all right. All right. I was thinking maybe, just maybe, you were going to break some insider info here on Talk of Champions. And if you haven't <laughs> already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do – Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, OmeSpirit.com, and affiliate of Ome3.com, at Spirit Ben. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. Last hot take. The offensive line outside of the top five is very scary thin. Um, yes, they're very scary thin. Um, there's maybe a guy or two. Um, I have to watch it a little closer. I think the second unit left tackle looked okay. Second unit right tackle was getting destroyed. I don't know who he was, um, but yeah, I think I think that man, that's one of those positions I'm watching. I'm like, man, please just bring in a guy or two. Um, I'll be interested to see. Like, like I wasn't super sold. I mean, James looked okay at left tackle. I don't know if it was just that point in the spring where, hey, man, like the guys knew each other real well. You know, kind of whatever. I kind of want to see that develop a little more too. Um, yeah, I'm gonna watch that real close in the fall to see kind of. I mean, I thought I thought he looked okay. Um, Broker Broker looked okay at guard. Um, you know, certainly I think that's that's going to be his position. Um, but for the most part, the first unit did fine. But the D line did get some pressure there when it came to some passing situations. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to watch that a little closer, definitely in the fall, and, and kind of see how that develops. Studs on the rise. Tyshim Johnson looks like he's going to take a step. Davison Igbenosin's yeah. already really good. Um, let me see that. I'm trying to think of anybody else I saw that really popped out. Um, 
man, I just was really impressed with SMU kid. I know I've said that a couple times. Mm-hmm. He just like, like I just love guys that can that can just put their foot in the ground and burn. It's like when they have things you can't teach, like this just top end speed. Like I, I just man, something about that is um, it, it just looks. It, those guys always tend to make the make the extra play. Um, when is the last time the Ole Miss cornerbacks room has been so boring? And I mean that in the most uh, in, in the most complimentary way possible. In that DeAndre Prince is really good. They're not worried about it. Miles Battle has come along. He's starting. He's playing pretty well. Good depth behind it. Good depth in the entire secondary. When is the last time we haven't been talking about cornerback as all oh, they need to add at? They're pretty deep. We're not talking about them because... They're solid. There's no real concern with the defensive backs, specifically the corners. You'd act, yeah. you'd like to add like one more for some depth, but they're fine. Yeah, no question, man. I think the defense in general is just, um, you know, my only concern is linebacker. Um, you know, seeing where we're going to go there, but everywhere else, D-line and the secondary looks, I mean, they just got, they got a ton of guys, man, and they're all SEC caliber decent depth you know with good start quality starters um yeah the other the defense to me i mean it was just it was just solid all around there was there wasn't i mean i can't think of a busted play all day i mean obviously obviously the tackling looked a little little sketchy but that they kind of coach that in spring games hey you know hit them throw them down if you can but like we're not blasting our teammates so um yeah all in all man i was i thought the defense played sound ball you know there was there wasn't really that busted play all right so has your win total projection changed at all for 2022? No, I still think seven and eight win team. I do. I think we're somewhere in there, and that's gonna, the schedule is going to help that out. You know, a lot at the beginning. Um, I just think the quarterback's going to be one of those things where it's going to take. It's going to work itself out. I mean, people have to realize like it's going to work itself out. You got guys making just crazy predictions on the board. Like he's doing all this crazy stuff. He's going like, dude, do you can't. You're we're nowhere near the panic mode of any court. You saw Jackson Dart run out there with, with guys he may never be in the game with ever again. Um, you know, you saw, you just never know, man. You got to, you got to see what it looks like when, when you're in a game with the first unit, with all the, you know, you run the full play, but you just don't know, man. I mean, you think Kellen Kiffin's going to go out there and run a full game plan for these. I mean, no, mm-hmm. like it's, you can't go out there. I mean, some of these plays were all base. They all know each other real well. They've been do, doing these same plays versus each other all spring. Just relax. It'll work itself out. The talent is there. It's eye popping. I mean, dude, the dude looks the party, runs around, he looks great. Can he control himself and start playing within the game? That's Lane Kiffin's job. I mean, they're not paying him seven million dollars to to sit here and tweet. His job is to develop quarterbacks and bring a talent. So that's seven what he's gonna, million dollars. Yeah, that's what he's gonna do. Oh he's gonna God. develop the quarterback. So everybody relax. He's Jackson Dart's gonna be fine if Lane's as good as we think he is. So um, the talents there, it's, it's going to be good. Altmaier, same thing, you know, looks, you know, definitely impressed. He's, you can tell he's gotten better. You can tell he's comfortable. He's playing with a little swag. Um, you know, don't think he's as talented as Dart, but if we end up with, if we end up with Altmaier, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be as down. I wouldn't be down. I can tell you that right now. I think he would be fine as well, but I think at the end of the day, you want this, this mass of talent to Dart to come, you know, be the guy that he can be. Cause I think you're going to have a, a, a corral type player, you know, if not better, if, if he learns to play the game, kind of like corral did, you know, crowds that same way, man. I mean, dude, literally, did you not think Matt Crowell when our quarterback runs and just blasts a linebacker for, for no reason? I'm like, that's just stupid. You know, like, like he's just a stupid young kid right now. He'll get better. 
if our coaches get him to a certain level, the talent's there. It's, um, you know, to, to me, you can see it right away. He's got that it factor. So it's up to him. You know, it's up to him if he wants to wants to settle down and, and be developed and play the play the position the way it's supposed to be played. I texted you at like 12.44, 12.45, I can't remember, on Saturday. And I said, dude, are we sure Altmaier isn't going to win this job? And you dismissed it outright. Yeah. You just no, don't I, think I, it's going to happen. But at least it's not a show. Because that's something we talked about. We both said that Jackson Dart, it was going to be a, quote, quarterback competition. But basically, the reason why it was going to be a competition is so that Lane Kiffin could keep Luke Altmaier on campus so he wouldn't have to go portal diving for another depth piece, Luke or whoever. Jackson Dart can't transfer, so it would just be Luke. So Luke wouldn't transfer after the spring because he didn't win the job. So it would be this fake quarterback competition that really wasn't going to be a quarterback competition. Jackson Dart was going to be the guy. But it does feel like they're legitimately competing, that Luke has a legitimate shot. And right now, in that race, he has a slight edge because of the controlled nature of his play. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that, um, yeah, I think Luke's just simply gotten better. I think he's a competitor. Mm-hmm. And he's showing, he's showing what... Um, you know, what can be done when you don't just run off and cry and transfer like most kids do now. Um, hey, you got this kid coming in. Oh, well. Back whatever. in Monday, we didn't cry. We just rubbed some dirt on it. Yeah, we, well, you're right. I had the number one offense tackle in the nation come in while I was here. So, um, yeah, that's just that nobody ever thought about transferring like this. Um, but, but you also yeah, didn't right. have freedom of movement. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. We're not you, going down this can. road again. You could have trans. I mean, it, when you're young, you could have transferred in Saudi. You're in redshirt. That's not a big deal. I mean, they get to they get to do it once now and play. But I mean, can you transfer within the SEC? I guess you can transfer within the SEC and play one time too. Now, the yeah. academic requirements oh. are tougher transferring in conference in the SEC. But yes, gotcha. you can transfer. Yeah, makes sense. But yeah, no, he's he's sticking around. Um, you know, looked <laughs> basically like rolled up his sleeves and said, "Okay, let's go." Um, that kid's a friend. I mean. Jackson Dart's a freshman coming in. Like he's not, he's not some polished guy that's just, you know, been in the SEC throwing bombs all over the place. I mean, he played played in the Pac-12 and played a few games. So there wasn't. I mean, I didn't expect him to be this crazy polished player. I just expected to see exactly what I saw, and that's like a really talented kid. Um, now I was a little shocked with how wild he was. I'm like, man, this dude just over throwing the ball like all over the place. But that's something that can be coached, you know. You don't want to take a stinger away completely, but that's something that can be like, okay, here's – if you want to be a good player, this is what you got to do. This is how you got to take care of the ball. And we've seen it happen with Corral. I mean, he was crazy reckless his first you know, year. And, you know, he ended up getting coached to be where he was poised and, and made great throws. So we're hoping that's what happens with Dart because the talent is – I mean, dude, when the way he releases the ball, the way he runs around, it's – I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't even look close, you know, between the two physically. But – you know, at the end of the day, they're not going to throw a guy out there that's not going to put the team in the best situation to win. And right now, Altmaier is just controlling the game a little better. So if you had to put a million dollars down on who's going to be the quarterback come September against Troy, you're still putting it down on Jackson Dart? Yeah, I think Dart will be I think. But is there any up. hesitation when you do? There wouldn't have been hesitation no. like a month ago. Jackson, Jackson Dart's the only person that can beat Jackson Dart out in this quarterback competition. I think the last day for kids to enter the portal is May 1st. Having seen Ole Miss through the spring, is there any position you think that they're going to prioritize in the portal? Wide receiver's pretty obvious to me. And we've been talking about Dion yeah. Smith for a long time. But anywhere else, any position think propped you up three, over the month? Or whatever. I think you have th- three spots. All right. 
O-line, wide receiver, linebacker. I agree. Those, those are three spots that um, you, know, you would love to have some have some guys. You'd love to have a guy or two more. O-line especially, man. <clears throat> it's just, uh, man, you just can't have enough of those guys. I'd really, I'd rather bring in you know an extra two or three guys and, and be, you know, good to go than I would you know have a few guys get hurt and then you're like last year where it gets down to where you got a guard at right tackle and he, you know, it just it just it's not fair to him and it's not fair to the quarterback, you know. Well, since we didn't get to answer all these questions for the mailbag, I'm going through and let's answer a couple. Mississippi 1848 Reb Ben Brad, what are your thoughts on Rashada and Reed? Both were in town over the weekend. Marcel Reed's announcing his commitment on this Monday. And I expect it to be Ole Miss. And I think Ole Miss um, is still going to continue to push hard for Rashad. He had a great visit over the weekend, and they take both of them. Hotty Toddy, 1107, if you could rewrite history, which outcome would you change and why? Eli slip and lost LSU or fourth and 25? Fourth and 25 because they go to the playoff and they possibly win the national championship because they were inarguably one of the top three teams in the country by the end of that year. So fourth and 25. What would you change? Yeah. Yeah, fourth and twenty-five would have been. Um, I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably want to change the losing to Memphis outcome on Eli's year before the slip. So, um, did what did what, didn't we lose to Memphis or Texas or Tech or something like that? Both the, of them. That, Memphis and Texas Tech. <laughs> okay, yeah. Dude, they lost just three games: LSU, Memphis, and Texas Tech. Oh my lord! That's they yeah. won every other <laughs> SEC game. The one SEC game they couldn't lose, they lost. LSU. That's the most Ole Miss crap I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. But fourth and 25 is still worse. Landshark Lenny asked Zach and Grayson the same question, didn't get a response. Reed or Rashada, who's better for Kiffin's offense and why? Probably Rashada just because he's got bigger arm talent, but they like Marcel Reed a lot. Queen City Rev 21, thoughts on divided heavy portfolios? <laughs> that's right for me it says for uh, brad obviously he even added obviously that hurts uh, so what did it read that question again i didn't i didn't understand Thoughts on and... dividend dividend oh yeah yeah oh i yeah, read yeah, it wrong I'm... now i just look like a new albany hick yeah i was about to say dude what's, shut yeah, up dividend. i don't pretend to know any of this sense. stuff yeah, so there's there's quite a few um, good dividends. I'll actually go in there and post a list of what I think are really some really good dividend stocks. And it's always good to turn your drip on, um, which is it's essentially a dividend reinvestment plan where they, they – What, wait, what month, does that mean? What does it mean turn your drip on? We just had drip mean, in the sip over the weekend. I would have failed miserably at that. I have one pair of shoes on clouds. What's dividend, a dividend? Investment plan, meaning you get dividends. So if you buy a stock, they're guaranteeing you 5%, whatever – and they they pay you back and essentially share. So you you know they, if you if you got ten thousand dollar of a stock and they're giving you six percent, you know they're giving you six hundred you know dollars of stock and your stock just keeps adding up and you eventually get the stock. I mean you eventually own just free shares, you know in time. So yeah, it's just a way of. I mean some people with with massive money just have these big dividend portfolios. It's paying them X amount of percent and it's just adding up over the years and then it's just compounding and it gets it gets massive. But yeah, that's there's some. Really good dividend plays out there. Hotty Toddy, eleven oh seven. Ben, if the three Spider Men from No Way Home, hell yes, fought to the death, and you had to place your life savings as a wager, which Spider Man would you place your bet on? Peter three. Brad, if you had to invest every dollar you have for the rest of your life in one stock, what would it be? 
Um, right now at the moment, I would say probably Apple. It's just, I mean, it's just that good. It's always been that good. It is a little bit, um, you know, I do think growth is, is not going to be like it has been, but if there's one stock that I, th- I would feel safe, it'd be Apple just cause their balance sheet and, um, you know, they're just, gosh, they don't, they make so much money. It's crazy. Dog Brewer has almost ever had a shot with a national recruit coming out of high school in basketball. Oh yeah. DJ Jeffries just off the top of my head. Mississippi Blue, have y'all heard anything on Xavier and Harris at defensive tackle? I hear they want to play him at offensive line. And a lot of schools recruited him as a defensive tackle and would try him, including Ole Miss, at defensive tackle first. But most schools saw him as a future offensive lineman. I could see that. I mean, he's certainly a taller kid. I mean, it'd be in his best interest to be open-minded and try either side. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he's, he's obviously a decent athlete, so you don't want to see him on both sides. Um, what was the kid that went to Alabama? Um, the really big D lineman that was big time player. Which which time? Just this year. This is year. His other D- man. I saw. Have you seen the recent pictures of yeah, him? Yeah, he's lost like fifty yeah. pounds. He lost like fifty pounds, and he looks like he's been starting at Alabama for three years already. I'm like, dude, what yeah. in the world? <laughs> Let's get our guys here and do them like that. Like, what do they do? Like, he looks unbelievable, man. Like, gosh, we need to start getting guys like that. Hmm, let's see. Who else can we answer a question for? Here's one. DM Harris 7 Brad, can you explain the difference in a stretch run scheme and a zone run scheme? I've heard these names for years, but don't know what they really mean. Um, stretch stretch is just a form of zone, essentially. Um, they're, they're actually the same. So you got inside zone and outside zone. Um, they call an outside zone like a stretch. Um, that's essentially you're you, you're trying to get you know you, you're basically you're basically everybody's going over a gap or two more, um, and you're really trying to trying to stretch. You're trying you're trying to get to the you're basically playing off the, the tackle and the tight ends block. You know, really trying to stretch it to the outside. You're really trying to get outside zone. We ran this really well in, when I was in Chicago. Jordan um, was Jordan. God, I can't, can't think of his name. Jordan Howard, he used to run it really, really well. He would press it to the outside. You're really trying to get outside. Likely going to end up cutting up a little bit inside that triple block, which is usually between the tackle and, and tight end. Um, but but trying to really get to the edge, trying to really you know kind of turn your shoulders, get, get and running. Whereas inside zone is more of a um, you know, tighter, tighter track. Um, you know, you're, you're essentially going to kind of press the, the, the inside of the tackle and likely going to, going to wrap it, wrap it back behind that backside B block. So it's just a more of a downhill zone versus a, Hey, I'm trying to get the defense going sideline to sideline and see if I can really stretch it to the outside and get them, um, you know, it's basically trying to tire them down, you know, to, to get the outside stretch. So it's a sense of the stretch is essentially the same thing. It's a different, it's just a form of zone. You know, you got, um, you know, one's outside, one's kind of more of a downhill zone. A lot of questions about Arch Manning, guys. He's not coming to Ole Miss. Shaquille Williams, will we get any more recruits this year from the portal? I think at least two. Leeds Rebel, do we have a chance at Jalen Reed since he de- decommitted from Florida? Yeah, they're going to try. What else? What else can we answer? What else? Can we... Here we go. A good one to end it on. Mailman 18. Do you honestly think Mike Bianco will be fired at the end of the season if he doesn't make it to Omaha? Yes. Kind of brings it full circle from the start of the show. Yes, yes. That's where it feels like this is headed. This team, this ending is all too familiar. It's all too similar to Andy Kennedy in the way that 
It flamed out spectacularly. The most, or the one of the biggest feathers in the cap of Andy Kennedy, of Mike Bianco, was the consistency. In Ole Miss basketball, that never been done before, because it's consistently competitive. Every coach that came to Ole Miss seemingly had disastrous bottom falls out years. Andy Kennedy never had that. Frustratingly, always on the bubble. I get it, but never did the bottom drop out. He never had a 13-19, and and that last team, the bottom finally dropped out. A lot happened, injuries, a lot of stuff happened. doesn't matter. Bottom dropped out. Same thing with Mike Bianco. The bottom has seemingly dropped out. They're 6-12 in the league. Can I just say this? I went for 20, pretty much 20 and a half years where I was, I was seriously could not understand why people wanted Mike Bianco gone. I'm like, why, why would people keep questioning this? Like I was a, I was literally one of those annoying, like Mike Bianco defenders. And like, to the point where I was like, man, I, I, I just don't understand people are out of their mind wanting to fire this guy. And Last year was the first time where I thought, like, man, you know, maybe it's time for a change. And then this year, I'm just like, you know what? Sometimes a guy's been here so long. I respect the heck out of Mike Bianco. Yeah, I, that's I, not I, it. It's just time. I, it just feels like it's time. Yeah, it's like one of those times where it's like, okay, like, it's time. you know, at some point, like, it's it's time, you know, maybe for both parties just to mutually agree. Like, hey, I've gotten the program as far as I can get it. Let's, you know, let's see. Let's see if somebody else can take it over the top. You know, so – and that, you know, there's nothing against him at all. Like, I, this is the first time I've ever, ever openly been like, hey, like, this is probably about time, you know, to, to see something different. And a lot of it, and it's not really, it's a lot to do with just the fans in general. I mean, you just get a lot of unrest and it just, it just turns into a, a toxic relationship, you know, and, and, it, and he shouldn't have to do that. He's been here long enough to where he should be able to say, hey, you know, I don't want, to, you know, I want what's best for Ole Miss and, you know, let's, Let's see if anybody else can, you know, come in and do it. So I don't know if Mike can do that. I don't know if Mike can say. I don't know Mike Bianco one bit. I, I may have said <sighs> once my whole life. So I don't I, dislike I, Mike, but like I don't like having to add the qualifiers all the time. I have nothing but respect for Mike Bianco. I respect Mike fine, but you're a millionaire. You're a millionaire, man. And so I, I was reading a story from Ross, my buddy Ross Dellinger, from Sports Illustrated, and he was quoting Matt Luke and a bunch of others about how. Football, the job has become so tough that a lot of coaches are looking for alternative options. They're looking to stay in the NFL. They're just getting out. They're getting their money from a buyout and they're leaving. I don't feel bad for them. It's impo- like you don't have to do those jobs. Like you don't have to take those jobs. It's part of it. And yes, it's frustrating, but most people don't get to turn their jobs off. We're recording at 11 p.m. at night, an Olmus podcast, 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. I'm not bitching and complaining about it. It's just part of it. And I get that, like, recruiting is miserable and these photo shoots are so lame and you have to just really basically fawn over these high school kids and and just lower yourself to these really demeaning, stupid things like these photo shoots and spinning in a circle with a camera going around like Brian Kelly, embarrassing yourself. And I get that that's frustrating and that the portal's made it year-round. But at the end of it, you're a multimillionaire, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're a multimillionaire. In quality of life, yeah, it sucks for four, five, six years. It sucks. But then you're a millionaire. <laughs> like Matt Luke never has to work again if he doesn't want to. Does, so, the, quality, does the quality of life really suck, though? I mean, like, 
during the season, yeah, well, probably during the season, that's at its best. During the recruiting season, it's, it's probably pretty awesome. Hard. Like it's pretty awesome. Some of the some of the other perks that come with it, as far as like, hey, meals cooked for you all the time. Like, don't worry about travel. Like, it, it's pretty. It's you get a private jet. <laughs> yeah, it's not that bad. Read you, the room, guys. I know it. Do, it probably does suck. It objectively sucks to make calls late at night, talking to some kid, taking photo. I get it. In the transfer portals, go, go, go all the time. But it sucks for like five or six years, and then you're a multimillionaire. Read the friggin' room. The only sucky part is the guys with families. I mean, you are away from your family a little more, but, you know, there's also some, you're also setting your family up in a pretty, pretty You're time. a multimillionaire. Yeah, so there's, uh, I mean. When's the yeah. last time you took a trip, a vacation? Because I was reading something about this, and I think it was in that story. When's the last time you had you had a vacation? You Bradley so had a vacation where you didn't do any like truly had a full on break vacation from everything where you didn't answer an email, a text, a call. I can't tell you a college. Yeah, I can't. It's been a long time. It's just what happens. You're multimillionaires. Just get over it, or don't do it. No one's making you do it. You can work <laughs> at eight to five. No one's making you. Okay, this has been Talk of Champions. We finally got to sit down and record, Brad. It's my fault, man. I got to stop speaking for you, speaking out of turn, telling people, oh, yeah, Brad's good for Tuesday night. I don't know that. I like to always have something to do and be, be pretty pretty active. So um, We have to yeah, be better. We'll, we'll get back. We, we have to be better. It's my fault, but, like, I really need to. Tuesday night was really my fault because we could have recorded on Tuesday night, and I was just lazy and said, ah, I'm tired. Well, I had something planned every day, including tonight. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the week, we had something planned. Oh, yeah, that's just that's a lot. That's a lot. So that's a lot. this next this next week's gonna be pretty chill. So we'll we'll be right back on here. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight year NFL vet. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Been on Twitter, right for the Ole Miss Spirit, OmSpirit.com, and affiliate on three.com. If you haven't already subscribed, review Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do. Leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say. As long as it's five stars, this podcast can be found wherever you get your podcasts. Just simply search Talk of Champions. Thanks, buddy. See you, man. Howdy, howdy. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.